Hello and welcome to the Profiles podcast, a presentation of LL Flooring. I'm Tom Kreitler, and we're glad you're here. Whether you're a builder, remodeler, an architect, a designer, or a developer, or really in any way related to residential or commercial construction, this is a podcast for pros just like you. On this show, we feature extraordinary entrepreneurs who are making a difference in the lives of their customers and their employees and their communities. And we dig into the secret sauce that makes them good at what they do and share those tips in the hope that you'll find value in these words for your own business. Now, let's get to work. If your home or business were hit by a disaster like a storm, a flood, or a fire, finding the right remodeling pro to repair the damage quickly and efficiently is key to getting life back to normal. Well, my guest today does just that. Darren Impson is a second-generation disaster recovery contractor with Paul Davis, a full-service residential and commercial emergency cleanup and restoration company for disasters of all sizes. Darren, welcome to the Profiles Podcast. Thank you, Tom. I'm uh, happy to be here. Well, super glad to have you as well, sir. So disaster restoration, that is a very specialized area of the remodeling industry, isn't it? Uh, it, it certainly is. Uh, very different from remodeling, even though we do remodeling um, on just about every job that we do. We are very uh, specialized in dealing with disasters to uh, property, both commercial and residential. I mentioned you were a second-generation disaster recovery specialist. Is this a business that uh, was passed on through your family? Yeah, so Paul Davis is a national franchise network, and my dad bought a franchise here in Tampa back in 2000. He kind of stumbled on this Paul Davis restoration franchise. He said, hey, this is a really niche business specializing in insurance-type restoration, dealing with disasters, fires, water losses, mold, storms. And it's fairly recession-proof being that you know these types of disasters happen all the time, and somebody's got to take care of them. What a great business to be helping people in their time of need. And I lived in New York City at the time with my wife and worked downtown, and we were there, unfortunately, for 9-11. And we were kind of looking for a reason to get out of New York, and this was a great opportunity to um, move to Florida and, and uh, go into business with my father. So it seems like your dad and you both sort of came into this business as a second career I think it's great that he was looking for a little part-time business to uh, earn a little extra income while he sailed on towards retirement. And now you've got three franchises with 60 employees. So I, I guess that worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, yes, it was a great career move and great life move for my wife and I. Yeah, collectively, uh, we're one of the largest Paul Davises in the network. And like you said, I have 60 employees and our annual, annual revenue is um, close to 20 million a year. So we're we're very proud of of our business here, and we're happy to be helping people in a, a market that uh, has lots of insurance-type disasters uh, with hurricanes and tropical storms and just everyday lightning here in the lightning capital of the world. Was it difficult for you moving from a banking career uh, in New York City to a restoration business? Did you have a skill set in that space, or were you focused mostly on the management? How did you sort of bridge that gap? Well, I didn't know much about construction or restoration. You know, one of the, the great benefits of a franchise system is the training that's offered. So when I joined the team, my dad's team in 2003, I came in as, a, as an estimator and learned. I was just constantly learning. Uh, every day was a learning experience with 
the different types of disasters that, that I was encountering on a daily basis, just the everyday water loss to a, a whole house fire and, you know, learning a whole new industry, but also, you know, how to estimate and how to project manage a job and, you know, most of all, how to take care of people in their time of need and, and offer good customer service. We're in the service industry and that's really what it comes down to is is good customer service and communicating and obviously delivering a quality product at the end gets us more business, but, but we are in the service industry. So. so Darren, you're in a very specialized business in the sense that while you're doing many of the same tasks that say a remodeler or carpenter or contractor or builder might do, you're working with clients who are victims of a disaster. So it's a very stressed, very emotionally charged environment. I mean, they as your client, want their homes or businesses back just the way it was before the disaster as quickly as possible. I mean, tomorrow is not soon enough. So how do you manage that environment, that kind of pressure uh, and that kind of stress on the part of your client's relationship with their property that's been damaged? Well, it's uh, very different from remodeling in the fact that if you're going to remodel your kitchen or bathrooms or Whatever it is, you're, you're planning on it. Planning on not having a kitchen for a period of time. You're planning on not having use of your bathrooms or if you're doing floor throughout the house, obviously there's some expectations that you're going to be displaced. And in an insurance uh, restoration claim, it is the opposite. We are dealing with something that was not planned. And, you know, typically an everyday water loss, you know, washing machine line bursts and floods part or all the house. I mean, you're dealing with total disruption and obviously something the property owner didn't plan on. And it's very hectic. And then add in the you know, dealing with the insurance carrier, which can be uh, frustrating at times, a slow process. And, you know, most people just don't know what to do from the get-go. So we are uh, <laughs> different in the fact that we are used to dealing with people that are in the worst situation they've been in, especially if you think of like a house fire uh, devastating. Not only is there direct damage from a fire, but you've got damage throughout with soot on everything in the home, all your clothing, all your contents. And we deal with that um, as well, uh, as well as the, uh, the construction part. You know, we do everything from the initial emergency work, the dry out, board up, clean up, remediation, to um, handling our customers' contents, dealing with the contents, whether we got to pack it out and move it to our storage facility. We can at least pack out areas that we're going to be working on in the home and get their precious contents um, secured so that we can then do demolition and, of course, the, the reconstruction of the property. I'm talking to Darren Imson. He's the president of Paul Davis, a disaster restoration company based out of Tampa, Florida. Darren has three Paul Davis franchises uh, and works to try to help victims of disasters essentially get back on their feet in terms of the condition of their residence, the condition of their business, uh, the condition of all their property that could have been impacted by a fire, a flood, or, or other disaster. Darren, tell me how the process works. If one were a victim of a disaster, do they contact you directly? Does, do they go through an insurance company? What's the, what's the way to kind of move forward uh, after that uh, incident has happened? Well, uh, Tom, our customers are the property owners, whether that's uh, a residential home or, or a business, but our clients are the insurance carriers or property managers. And typically, if you had an insurance-type loss at your property, the house floods or you had a kitchen fire, most people would try to locate their insurance documents and call their insurance company or call their insurance agent. You know, what do I do? 
you know, would file a claim eventually. And most insurance companies, like I said, you know, those are our clients. And if they have a vendor program, uh, typically we're on it, and they would dispatch us to the property and um, handle the uh, initial emergency work and, you know, hopefully the whole process of, of putting the property back together. So the emergency work would be, you know, to cover an open roof or to somehow uh, prevent any further damage from occurring due to the maybe ongoing weather, for example. Is that correct? Yep, absolutely. Um, or a dry out. You know, it's so important. I mean, if you have a flood in the house, you, you know, get it dried quickly. You know, we set up da- uh, fans and dehumidifiers, you know, do some demolition if, if, it's, if it's a uh, material that cannot be dried. But very important to get it get drying going immediately or as quickly as possible because it's not dry quickly, then mold will start to grow after 72 hours or so. So uh, that obviously creates a much bigger issue. Mold is a huge issue today uh, in America. It's become more well-known because of the devastating effect it can have on a property and the potential serious health effects it can have on the property's occupants. So that must be top of mind in all of your water-related restoration work. What's the key to try to minimize the development of mold after a disaster? The key to avoiding a big mold problem is getting drying started quickly. A typical drying process takes at least three days, depending on the severity, but it's very crucial to get the property and the materials dried as quickly as possible, because if not, then mold can start to grow. So what's that process like? Are you using fans? Are you using heat? I mean, obviously, you're, if, if the roof is torn off, you're closing that off so it doesn't get any worse in there. But uh, are you also treating it um, with mildicides? What's the process of mold remediation? Or I should say stopping a small mold problem from becoming a very big one. The process you know, for dealing with a dry out typically is to uh, assess the severity, how many rooms are affected, and you know, start to move around contents so that we can create a drying chamber and set up fans as well as dehumidifiers. Fans circulate the air and, and the moisture wicks out of the building materials and the, dehus, the dehumidifiers actually capture the moisture, effectively dry out the property. Also utilizing heat, there's a whole science to it of making sure that uh, proper humidity levels are maintained in the home in order to extract that water from the building materials. It all comes down to managing the moisture, doesn't it? Absolutely. When we encounter mold, if there's already mold present when we're called in, important thing to do there is tame that area. Typically, we would bring in an industrial hygienist, a third party, uh, to assess the mold situation to see how far it goes, uh, if it got into the air, if it's in the HVAC system, and then we would follow their lead. They would typically write a protocol as far as what is needed to properly remediate that mold. I want to talk with you about uh, dealing with uh, insurance companies. You know, they can be a blessing and a curse sometimes uh, after after disaster. I remember uh, after Hurricane Sandy, it has to be about 10 years ago now, I, I did a series of stories um, about victims of Hurricane Sandy. And one in particular was uh, was a gentleman whose family had a property out in the area that was completely flooded, in fact, somewhat disconnected from the, from the rest of the state. And Despite the fact that uh, they were told to evacuate, he evacuated his family, but he decided he was going to stay behind in the house. And the reason that he wanted to stay there was so that he could be among the first to report his claim to the insurance company. <laughs> That's how desperate sometimes people feel about trying to get uh, service from their insurance company. So 
certainly didn't think that was the best way uh, to proceed. But do you have any tips for folks that are in a disaster and uh, need to do things first, second, and third? What what would be you know the order of events? Disasters strike. You know, you can never plan a disaster. Obviously, if it's a hurricane, you're watching it as it's uh, making landfall. But I think it's important, no matter what, to have a plan ahead of time. Know who your insurance carrier is. Review your policy yearly with your insurance agent. Know your deductible and if your policy has any exclusions. You know, I think it's just it's important to plan ahead and um, your homework ahead of, ahead of time before that disaster hits. So when you're doing a disaster restoration, Darren, I mean, speed and efficiency are obviously critical. How have the supply chain issues of these last couple of years impacted your business? Has that been a challenge for you? It certainly has. You know, our I mentioned earlier that uh, our business is somewhat recession-proof because disasters always happen and somebody's got to take care of them, but we're not inflation-proof, meaning that the cost of goods and the availability of goods in a... Uh, inflationary period are tough to keep up with. And you know, obviously, we, we want to uh, provide an uh, exceptional service to our customers, try to get the job done as quickly as possible, give them the best products they can for the budgets that are created you know, with their um, insurance claim. And it's, it's been challenging. It's been really challenging. You know, we use software that creates pricing. It's called Xactimate. And Xactimate updates their pricing monthly for different regions. And um, they can't keep up. Wow. Must be interesting for you every time you go into an estimate that, that you may have done, you know, a month ago or two months ago and just see how the changes, how the prices have changed over a very short period of time because of these supply chain issues. Yes, it's, it's very challenging right now. Do you have to commit to the prices that you're charging at some point and after that at your risk, whether it goes up or down? Or does it sort of float until uh, some point in time when it gets locked in, maybe when the restoration begins? How does that work? Essentially, we're locked in from the time we write that estimate using that price list. So if there's delays that are outside of our control, permitting, whatever it is, uh, we'll obviously want to be communicating that back to the insurance company so that if there are items that uh, drastically increase in price, we're certainly communicating that back to the insurance adjuster. And if there's an opportunity to go back uh, you know, with a supplement to accommodate for those pricing increases and we are certainly trying, but uh, a lot of times we're stuck. Yeah, you're kind of in a position where you have to kind of predict the market. Despite the best technology, you still have to make a gut call as to which way prices are going to go and, and maybe try to include a little bit of a bumper in there uh, so you don't get hurt. Yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult with, um, you know, the, the adjusters are looking at our estimates very carefully and, you know, making sure that um, we have an accurate scope written. We're stuck with the prices that are in that um, estimating software. So it certainly is a challenge, especially today. Now, if you own a business or a house and you had a fire or a flood, some other covered peril, as it's called, uh, you have some options in, in terms of, of how you work with the insurance company. You can call them directly and have their adjusters uh, visit your property and provide an estimate. Or you could hire a public adjuster one that works just for you, typically on a, on a percentage of the claim. I imagine you have experience with both with both routes, so to speak. Any advice for making that decision on the part of a, of a victim? You know, public adjusters, certainly they have a, uh, a very unique uh, position to be able to help people that are not, maybe not being taken care of by their insurance company, you know, or I think more applicable 
situation for a public adjuster to, to really be helpful is on a commercial loss where, you're, where you know, the insured, say they have a devastating fire to their business and they're dealing with loss of use, um, they're dealing with employees that obviously can't work and they need to either provide compensation or they're going to they're gonna leave uh, and go elsewhere, and then they're really stuck once they get the, the restoration completed. Public adjusters can certainly help with the complicated coverages when it comes to uh, a commercial loss. But at the end of the day, on a, on a residential loss especially, I think working with a company like Paul Davis that has a good relationship with your insurance company is going to get the customer same result but at a, at a much faster pace. So I guess one of the secrets to not being impacted by supply chain is to have good reliable relationships with companies that can serve as suppliers for you uh, in good times and in bad. And I know that you work a lot with LL Flooring. Great company, great products. Boy, we want to look for some beautiful waterproof products. That's the place to go if you're worried about this happening again. But how do you work with a company like LL Flooring and how do they serve your needs so that you can react quickly to restoring the homes that you're working on? So LL Flooring is a, a national preferred vendor of Paul Davis. As a, an LL Flooring pro, um, we get preferred direct service uh, and pricing. And you know, in this current environment, having those preferred relationships is crucial to have a, a go-to company where we know that they're going to have product in stock and it's going to be at a reasonable price it, is crucial. And you know, a huge company, obviously have a, have a lot of uh, resources for products you know, for flooring and tile, especially after a water loss, um, somebody has a water loss on their property. They may want to look at, at other flooring materials. You know, we, we see, we see trends. I, sometimes trends. I hear about these houses. I'm like, look, just stop with the carpet, will you? Yeah. Just stop. Stop you with know? the carpet or, or the, uh, <laughs> the, you know, laminate flooring, obviously, uh, typically laminate flooring. Once it gets wet, it, uh, it expands and is not reusable. Yeah. You can't really dry it out, but there are products now you know, we're seeing trends uh, with re replacing that old flooring with new products that are water-resistant and even waterproof. LL Flooring's got um, some great products in that line with, uh, you know, luxury vinyl tile, um, luxury vinyl plank. Um, they actually have a, a product called uh, Hybrid Resilient Flooring, which... Yeah, that's the Duravana product. I, I use that in my laundry room. Fantastic stuff. You, you just you just can't really durable and 100% and waterproof. Absolutely. And it replicates natural hardwood, looks looks like the real thing, and is more wear-resistant for pets, kids, and is waterproof. So it's an easy sell uh, with our customers who just experienced, you know, their whole house of flooring getting ripped out because it got wet. One of the things I learned uh, when reading about your business, Darren, was that you place great importance on education. Things are always changing. Your franchise offers courses for not only your own people, but it looks like insurance professionals as well. Is that a really important part of what you guys do? I mean, especially in light of the fact that we've had such shortages in the skilled trades, being able to, uh, to take perhaps a young person who just is coming out of high school, for example, and putting them into a business where they can be trained and, and specialized and productive and making a good living for themselves uh, and their families and your business in a fairly short period of time, uh, that must make a, a big difference in how your business can survive and thrive. Uh, you know, one of our values at Paul Davis is to practice continuous improvement. And, 
you know, obviously that that uh, is something that we're doing every day as a company to always be better, always be more efficient, better quality, better communication, better customer service. But we also offer training to our clients. In my facility in Tampa, we have a classroom that we invite insurance adjusters to. You know, it's important that adjusters are, are properly trained on how to properly dry a property, a home, um, so that when they're looking at invoices from mitigation companies, they, they know what they're looking at and they know, they know how, to, how many uh, pieces of equipment are, are needed for a 12 by 12 room. It's not just the price. It's really they have to be doing it correctly. And if they see a quote from a company that doesn't is not providing enough fans or enough dehumidifiers or not taking the time to take apart those parts of the building that are necessary to expose the insulation of the walls, for example, they need to be able to recognize that those elements are missing and it should be a big red flag. But you need training to do that. We actually built two, um, we call them uh, dry houses here on my property, that they're essentially small trailers that we've built kind of a, a mock home in each one of them. One, one has a living room and a, and a kitchen, and the other one's got a bedroom and a bathroom. And uh, part of that class, the learning process, is we, uh, we flood them. We, we soak them down with oh, water. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, we, we make them dry it, and we show them how wow. it's done. And then they go up in the classroom, and they learn the science of drying. So we, we, you know, we, try, to, we try to educate not only our employees but also our, our clients on how to do things right. And like I said earlier, practice continuous improvement is one of Paul Davis's values that we are striving for every day. So Darren, being in the disaster restoration business, I'm sure um, every project is somewhat memorable, but there have to be some standout projects, some projects that are unusual or those that you're particularly proud of. And I want to ask you about uh, some that I've, I've come across. And, and one is the Major League Baseball star Carlos Santana. He plays with the Seattle Mariners. It was during the season when lightning struck his home in Tampa and caused quite a bit of damage. That must have been an unusual call for you to get. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, we, we do all types of projects, small, uh, medium, large, and this happened to be a, a uh, big house fire uh, here in Tampa. Well, disasters don't discriminate. So it doesn't matter if you're a, a baseball star or not. <laughs> lightning's going to hit where lightning is going to hit. What kind of damage did it do to his home? Uh, lightning struck the roof in the middle of the night during a really bad storm and uh, ignited a fire in the attic, ignited the trusses uh, in the attic, and more than half of the trusses were burnt beyond repair. So, wow, when you show up on a site like that, first of all, obviously the fire is put out by the fire department, but then you're looking at a building that's open to the weather, so that's got to be closed in. You've got the fire damage to worry about correcting. You've got smoke damage, and you've got lots and lots of water damage. So it's kind of like a trifecta there of disasters. But you have to act on quickly in order to make sure it doesn't get any worse. Absolutely. Yeah, and you think about all the contents, and, you know, for a Major League Baseball star, you know, awards and memorabilia that uh, they've collected over the years, a lot of um, priceless items that, that need to be attended to immediately. We get in there and pack out those items, get them out of that environment, and back to our warehouse and cleaning facility and get them cleaned and, and put in storage for when we get everything put back together and move them back in, which will be probably close to a year at least to, to get back to that stage. But at least we're, we're handling their uh, precious items as quickly as possible and securing the property as quickly as possible to avoid further damages. So you've been in this business for a long time. It was, what, 2003 when you started. You know, throughout all of those years, now almost 20 years, 
Uh, you must have faced some business challenges that you've had to overcome. What what advice uh, would you give to anyone listening who's faced with similar situations? Yes, yeah, so I'm coming up on 20 years uh, with Paul Davis Restoration and certainly faced uh, lots of challenges. We uh, in my Early on in my career, 2004, we had multiple hurricanes that hit the Tampa Bay area, hit Florida, but specifically Tampa Bay. And we had a major influx of business and we grew rapidly, which is which sounds great, but can be very challenging. Um, obviously, we want to make sure we give the same service to every customer and that white glove treatment. And uh, as you grow, um, obviously, you need to add employees and, and resources to be able to handle the influx of business. And certainly, growth is challenging, you know, especially this day and age. Trying to uh, find A players is very difficult to add to our team, and, and that's all we do. We, we only hire A players. And, you know, I think the biggest challenge for any business is making sure you hire the right people. So, grow but grow slowly, grow deliberately, and grow by, by hiring the most qualified people that you can find. Absolutely. Now, Paul Davis is a disaster restoration company, but that's not all you do. You actually have a very successful remodeling business as part of your franchise. Is that correct? Yes. So we also do remodeling. Uh, we, we do remodeling on pretty much every uh, insurance restoration job. Um, you know, now's the time to upgrade. Once you've been displaced, you, you can start thinking about the, the positives. That's interesting. Yeah. I always say the, the four most expensive words in home improvement are while you're at it. But you're right. If you're out of the house and you're doing all this major work, it is the time to uh, think about making the changes that you might have been sort of kicking around for years, but, but now is the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Um, pretty much every restoration job we're on, we're offering op- options for upgrades. Uh, we have a, a beautiful showroom in our, our facility here in Tampa. And um, I know it, most Insurance claims are devastating, but try to get our customers focusing on the positives. And when they come into our showroom, they see all these great products, and we're able to kind of get them focused on the positive. And we're going to rebuild your your home, remodel your home to uh, better than pre-loss condition. Do you ever have folks that just hire you straight out for remodeling that have not had disasters? We do. Yeah, we do um, a decent amount of remodeling, mostly word of mouth uh, or for previous customers or friends and family of previous customers. Quite a bit of remodeling, both residential and commercial. We're working on a few really big projects right now. We work with a few designers that uh, bring us their clients because they know we're going to take really good care of them and offer quality product and uh, the service that they're selling as a designer. So I imagine a lot of your work comes from word of mouth, but talk to me about uh, how you advertise and promote your business outside of that. Are, Are specific tactics uh, that you're using that you found are successful? Our client is typically the insurance carrier or property manager, and they know us well. The general public might not know who Paul Davis is. Yeah, and, and, and if you're in the general public, it's probably a good thing <laughs> because you haven't, had, you, haven't needed, you haven't needed those services. Exactly. <laughs> we, uh, with my franchise, we, um, we do a lot of uh, branding here in the Tampa Bay area. We're partners with the Tampa Bay Lightning, partners with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we do some TV advertising, radio advertising. I've got a billboard behind my building. And so we, we probably advertise more than some of the other Paul Davises, but we, we are focused on branding. Right. Keeping that profile. If you want to be top in mind when when that disaster strikes, you want to be uh, you know the first number or one of the first numbers that, that folks reach out to. So it's important that they feel comfortable and, and that you feel familiar uh, as part of the community. 
I'm talking with Darren Imsen. Darren is the president of Paul Davis Damage Restoration. He has three franchises in the Tampa Bay area. So, Darren, one final question I always ask my guests, and that is when you started this business, when you made the change, when you left banking and you got into this, what's something you wish you knew? <laughs> I wish I would have tried to expand earlier on and, and buy more franchises, buy more territory, because it is such a great business helping people in their time of need. And you know, I, I wish I would have expanded earlier, but uh, you know, I've got three franchises now and who knows how many more I'll add. Well, you're doing $20 million a year in business right now, so I think you uh, owe yourself a, a pat on the back for that, my friend. Darren Ibsen with Paul Davis. Thank you so much, Darren, for stopping by the Profiles podcast, sharing with us your business, your experience, your tips, and your advice. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Shortly after I recorded this interview with Darren, he and his company were thrust head-on into one of the largest disaster recovery operations the nation has ever seen. On September 28th, Hurricane Ian made landfall in Florida as a Category 4 storm with 150-mile-per-hour winds, which made it one of the strongest storms ever to hit the U.S. mainland. I thought a lot about Darren and his company and the thousands of victims needing recovery assistance and wanted to check back in to see what that initial experience was like and how the recovery is progressing. So, Darren, your business is disaster recovery. You've trained for that. You've staffed for that. But Ian was bigger and more damaging than anyone had really expected. So, first, I hope that you and your family and your employees were safe through the hurricane. But could you tell us what it was like to live through that and how it's impacted your business now? Well, thanks, Tom. You know, obviously, we're in the disaster recovery business. Hurricanes are very devastating. And, you know, the original path was for Ian to, to hit the Tampa Bay area, but it hit further south. So what happened after the storm hit? Well, we wanted to make sure everything was okay with our employees in their own homes here in the Tampa Bay area. You know, once the storm passed, we were ready to go and we were ready to help people. We ended up, over the period of the next two months, we, uh, we mitigated and, and did demolition in over 100 flood claims, uh, both residential and commercial. Did you have what you needed to do that in terms of materials? Was supply chain an issue for this? We, uh, fortunately, we were able to, to uh, stock up before the storm here in Tampa, and we took our materials with us down south, so we were able to, we, we had them before the storm. Well, see, now that's the advantage of working with a national company like Paul Davis, because you know, you guys know what to expect. You know what the issues are going to be. You're certainly not going to be one of the people in line at a home center or building supply store waiting for plywood and two-by-four and, and plastic tarps. You guys have this stuff already so you can start to mitigate those properties, make sure they don't get any further damage, and then set about the long process of actually doing the rebuilds. What was it like with the insurance companies? Were they pretty responsive in terms of getting people mitigated, you know, getting the claims processed? Had there been a lot of holdups because of that, a lot of complaints? I mean, we're not from that area, so we're not seeing the local news at that level. But how has it been? It's always a challenge after hurricanes. I know when we had Sandy up here, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of delays with, uh, with, with the insurance issues. But what was it like for the folks that were right down there in Fort Myers? The claims that we handled were flood claims. So fortunately for the uh, customers that we were working with, uh, they all had flood insurance which takes a while, like you said. And we went into this from experience that we were not going to deal with FEMA and uh, wait for the flood insurance to, to pay these claims. 
So we uh, developed a price up front and you know, explained to the customer what it entailed and gave them all the information, pictures and moisture readings, and um, basically gave them a package to submit to their flood insurance once we were completed. So you're part of a national network of offices. Did uh, you guys sort of come together to, to address things like that? I know, like, for example, we see utility workers, right, come from surrounding states to help rebuild an area that's impacted by a storm. Do you get support from other offices when one area is hit particularly hard? Yes. Uh, one of the benefits of uh, being a franchise network is the, the power of, uh, of all of the offices coming together in, in a hurricane. And there were over 39 offices that responded from all over the country uh, to mobilize and handle these hurricane Ian claims. And to my knowledge, they handled over 3,000 individual claims collectively. Yeah, because you, you were able to anticipate uh, those underwriting standards and the questions that the insurance company would, would be asking. And to give them all of that data ahead of time, yeah. it makes it almost irrefutable on the part of the insurance company. As long as their policy is, is valid, they should be paying those claims. Darren, thanks so much for, for spending a few minutes with us. I'm, I'm glad that uh, you guys are all safe and sound down there, and, and I'm sure that uh, your customers appreciate the fact that you were there and ready uh, and in place to help uh, get them mitigated as soon as that storm was over. So well done, sir. Mm-hmm.